0: Welcome to season three of Talkin' Turns, where we take turns talking, and the talk takes a turn. This is George Knapp. As a friendly reminder, this program contains adult language and themes. Okay, so we got rid of the dogs. I'm sitting here with uh, Danny Hill. Hi, Danny. Hey, how's it going? It's going great, man. Uh, we've never met in person before until tonight. This podcast, is the first time that I am recording from the new house. For those of you that pay attention to my personal life, animals, cold weather, compressors on and off. It's going to be an interesting, uh, edit. Danny and I met online through a common friend. Shout out to Kim Etheridge. Yeah. Hey, Kim. (laughs) Um, I know she's one of my fans, so she'll listen to this at some point, especially after I tag her on the, uh, (laughs) the the post. (laughs) So Dan, tell us a little bit about your background. What's your, you know? What's my thing, huh? What's your thing, man?
1: Uh, let's see. Where do we start? Ah, uh, I was uh, born in South Florida, in Homestead, Florida. I'm an Army brat. My dad, uh, my dad used to do a podcast, actually. Man, what a neat guy. He uh, he started up around these parts as a sharecropper, went into the army, served in Korea, and the really neat thing is he actually. Helped get uh, the executive flight detachment off the ground, which in his day was uh, Army One, the presidential helicopter. Yeah, great. Uh, Nice. Yeah, and I, you know, growing up, I never really thought much about it. But uh, friends would come over and just kind of flip out because we have uh, Christmas cards from the president. (laughs) You know. (laughs) Of course we do. Everybody gets one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you don't have a Kennedy Christmas card? (laughs) So, uh, so see, I was kind of anyway. So born in South Florida and... You know, my folks are from Florence, so they came back up here uh, when Dad retired. He started a heating and air business, and I helped him with that and found myself always being distracted by bugs, insects, plants and stuff Mm -hmm. and wandering Mm -hmm. off from the job, checking that stuff out. Meandered my way into uh, the wonderful world of biology, which is where I am now, and I've worked in... uh, After I graduated, I was a contract biologist, basically a gypsy biologist. Mm -hmm worked in all but 10 of the 50 states wow yeah doing cool. things Pretty from cool. uh grabbing snakes and monitoring their uh their movement through radio telemetry climbing trees uh putting transmitters on birds of prey while getting dive bombed by their parents uh birds of prey really don't appreciate you raiding their nest and they let you yeah, know i could that. imagine i can imagine yeah they get a little testy and uh so, yeah, I would do uh, worker exposure studies. Worked in a uh, strawberry fields in California, monitoring the workers, monitoring the crops, making
0: sure the food that we eat safe. And, uh, and strawberries are one of the top ten favorite fruits of all time, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's great, and it, it's it's labor intensive. Yeah, Every imagine. strawberry that it's you
1: eat touched by hand. Has yeah. been, there's no mechanized way to uh, to harvest strawberries. Yeah which could wow that could quickly lead into another yeah no, I mean, just <laughs> you know, build a wall to keep those strawberry pickers yeah, up. nobody yeah. I know likes strawberries it's, you uh, mean, uh, that's, and, yeah, speaking of Facebook that's one of the things where I uh, have an opinion we'll yeah, say <laughs> and you know just the people who haven't seen what I've seen on that end of agriculture mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. just say you know put this barrier up right keep this population out they They don't know where where their food comes from things would change greatly yeah tomatoes would be uh 10 bucks a tomato if Mm. uh if we had to do it that way and the same thing about insects you know because uh a third of what we eat comes directly from a pollinator visiting a plant Mm -hmm. so if we keep down the path that we're currently on and uh Destroying bee populations. Yeah, yeah. Don't try and protect our pollinators. Yeah, we'll
0: be on on a hurt. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a you know again the wonderful world of social media. I won't necessarily shout out any particular platform, but yeah, a guy in England that I know. My wife's English, and so I know a lot of people from England. Cool. And uh, he's he started becoming a beekeeper because he woke up to you know the situation. Something I've been aware of, not as a biologist, just as a human, concerned about you know bee populations. I've read some articles about drones trying to create pollinators <laughs> using mini drones where they just send out these fleets of drones to fields and oh, they, wow. you know, and they, they've really tried to study the like the, the velcro y nature of some insects' body parts so that they could mimic the actual action of, you know, kind of flying up to a plant. Oh, how, do, wow. how do they get the pollen off? Then how do they deposit the pollen to the next plant, you know? Is there some like pattern, not pattern, is it completely random? um so, so there are people actually concerned that that i don't know if developing the drone population of of bees is someone giving up on humanity from say, <laughs> <of> saving bees <laughs> or if they think that it's an augmentation to the conservation i mean, wow. everybody likes to eat yeah 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 so it's I, kind of fundamental to eating is pollination it seems like protecting
1: the insect population would be a lot well, easier yes, than uh you would think because each drone would have to be catered there's a beautiful thing in biology it's a uh, co-evolution it's where mm-hmm. two things uh have evolved together like the uh dogs <laughs> and people no, i'm sorry go ahead well, it's your um, expertise i'll let you talk blueberries for instance so we have the uh the beekeepers here raise european honeybees they're okay. not our native species mm-hmm. but uh but we need them but our native species we've discovered are a much more efficient pollinator especially bumblebees to the uh blueberries because the frequency at which they vibrate
0: vibrates more of the pollen loose mm. than the uh, European bees do. So there is some kind of synergy that or coevolution that's a, oh, the, the absolutely has gotten yeah. them there. That's and cool. There are I certain
1: flowers that, that uh, there's an orchid that mimics a female wasp. Mm. So naturally, the mm-hmm. male's like, hey now, "Hey now, yeah, 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 you gotta yeah get me some of that, got right? get me some of that." And in <laughs> the process, is helping uh, pollinate Holy, the yeah. orchid.
0: Wow. Those orchids, those, those orchids, man, they <laughs> got to figure it out. I've, I've been helped. My pollination has been helped a few times by orchids actually. But, uh, <laughs> right. That's, that's a podcast for another day. Um, so that's cool. That's really interesting. I've learned like 25 things from you in 10 minutes. This is awesome you're my new best friend even if I'm not your new best friend oh, no no absolutely fascinating man this is cool yeah,
1: that's so, my thing I love environmental education i uh we should take a walk through the woods
0: one day i could I could regale
1: you as stories all day long
0: No, I would definitely take you up on that i am and I am not a i hate to say I'm not an outdoors person because I love the outdoors I love nature i love I love the whole i mean this planet is our planet right we evolved To live on this planet. I get so frustrated with the colonization of Mars discussion because as much as I like exploration in space, the reason I'm an engineer, especially a metallurgist is because of the space program to some extent and that's all great and wonderful and that's a part of humanity and we should, I'm not saying we should not explore Mars necessarily unless there is life there that we should definitely not explore it because we're going to destroy it. Another issue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But let's assume there's
0: not, let's, let's assume it's fairly barren or mostly barren or completely barren. Right on. Um, it's not our planet. We were designed. We co-evolved with the Earth. Yeah, yeah, right, know? right. And so my, that's my opinion. So my opinion is that this is this is our this is this is this home. place is literally made for us, and we're made for it. So there is no substitute. Right, right. right? And and it it can't be cheaper to colonize another planet that's not made for us that we weren't made for than it is to just fix our fucked up uh, situation exactly. that we've that we've helped create not yeah, created yeah. totally but helped create
1: and then yeah. you know there's a lot of major thinkers who, who who say the same thing you know let's let's don't waste all these resources use all these resources for planet b sure let's explore and let's look mm-hmm. around
0: mm-hmm. but let's use all this energy to fix what we're screwing up. Right. Exactly. You know, because this is home. Yeah, exactly. There's only one Earth. The thing for me is that, yeah, there's probably life somewhere else in the universe. It no, may or for may sure. not be intelligent life, quote unquote, or communicative right. or whatever. But that's, that does none of that even matters. I mean, that matters from a philosophical, a different, completely different perspective. Yeah. But again, I think I just we sell our planet short. It's just like, well, it's just a planet. It's like it's not just a planet, it's the planet. It's the only one that we can live on right now. Right. And and don't be stupid. You know, (laughs) don't screw it up as I drink out of a plastic bottle. But anyway, that's you know, no one's perfect. So yeah, biology, man. So so you're a curious, interested person, science, you know, pure science. So how do you how do you kind of you seem to be a bit of a jack of all trades, insects, plants, all kinds of stuff. So is that normal for biology? I mean, when I think of a biologist I think, or most people in the general public think of scientists and they think a lot of specialties. Like, you know, a dude or a woman's got a PhD in biology, but their, their, um, doctoral thesis was on, um, uh, I don't know, you know, whale sperm or some shit. (laughs) And so they spend their entire life about whales and they don't diverse out into, you know, well, what about salmon and what about dogs and what about, flowers that resonate with wasps you know yeah and so, so. well e- ecology is my bag
1: so, okay. uh, so that's what i really like about it, is ecology everything you just said ecology kind of pulls it all together right it's like the, it's like, like the internet of life yeah yeah how it all clips together mm-hmm. how it all jives together how it does or doesn't work together mm-hmm. so yeah pulls it all together and then uh if you wanted to narrow it down, terrestrial ecology would be more in my bag. Mm-hmm. I am definitely not a fish person.
0: Okay, so yeah. you're not an ocean-going. Yeah, once once we, we get area, in the water, area. I
1: know my benthic macroinvertebrates really well little bugs that live in the uh, bottom of ponds and stuff. But uh, yeah,
0: the fish and all that I will leave it to the ichthyologist. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, not my thing. All right. Now, I I do have an affinity for snakes. I, I love, uh, if if I had to pick it, right especially it'd be herptology for sure. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. love snakes. I think snakes are awesome. So I look at like, from from an engineer's standpoint, when I look at an ecosystem, I try to, th- you know, see, is there an analogy to the internet like I just used? Because in the internet, the web, you know, there's nodes. So like, for example, my wife, I was just having this conversation at a dinner party the other night. My wife is quite popular. For, I mean, she's not a, she's not a, uh, God, I don't want to name the names. The the people from New Jersey whose father defended a football star who killed his wife and got away with it. Mm, That family, you know, she's not that big of a node, but she's a node, you know? So when you have a network, you have big nodes and small nodes, but nodes are places, intersections, you know, where, where things are really, everybody's important in the internet, but certain people are more important than others just because they're, they have more intersections come through them. So by knowing her. And, like, I could tag her onto to a podcast I do, and I'll get a lot more responses than just a, you and I, because I, we're, we're out in the more of the fringe of the net. We're in the web right. somewhere, you know. We're we're not, you know, I'm not trying to, maybe you are, but I'm certainly not a node.
1: No, <laughs> I get what
0: you're saying. Yeah, so right So, my question, I guess, is, it's a very long question, is, are, is there such a thing in ecology? So, like, when you have an ecosystem. Oh, yeah, yeah, is, sure. Is, like, are there certain nodule kinds of either species or... or 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 individual actual subspecies that are really i'd say more important but more central to kind of like process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh to look at the herps, I really like sa- reptiles and amphibians mm-hmm. uh biologists uh, affectionately call them herps. Um so yeah, to look at the herps, the salamanders are a or a ecological indicator So if you have a healthy population of salamanders, you know right then and there that you've got a healthy ecosystem. And if you see a decline in the number of your salamanders and the salamander health declines, you Mm -hmm. know that something is up and you need to start paying attention. And there's also uh, cornerstone species that are species that uh, ecosystem would basically collapse without them. And surprisingly enough, in some
0: ecosystems, the uh, the beaver mm. plays that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know so, up in Ohio, I mean, where I came from, there are a lot of um, what, they're not really swamps, but they're wetlands, I guess. I don't know what, the, you, you tell me what the term is. Um, In the Midwest, a wetland kind of low. Wetland like, Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah, beavers seem to be the king of the wetlands. Like everything... If there weren't beaver dams, like, as you walk through or as you, you know, take photographs, whatever, you know, it's always like, but there's, you know, if, if not for the beaver dam, none of this other shit would exist. These plants wouldn't exist. These trees would be different. The coyotes, even whatever. I mean, the whole thing doesn't seem to work without the beaver. They're all tied together. Yeah. yeah. No creature on this planet has affected its habitat
1: more other than man than the beaver. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So we're number one at adjusting, we'll say our habitat. And uh yeah. beavers are their number two
0: critter on the planet. So do they so they do the same thing we do, beat it into submission or do they try to <laughs> no, they do, do it? Are they more So so they're more kind <laughs> of the uh the the Native American or the Buddhist of, of uh the species as opposed to the um manifest destiny style. <laughs> yeah, is, that, is that is that accurate? Okay, yeah, yeah okay. I'm digging that okay, I like that okay, analogy. That's okay, great. Right, right. So they're the they're the the progressives. No, just kidding. (laughs) It's not like a lot of Republicans listen to my podcast anyway. So (laughs) that's pretty cool though. That's cool. I just like the idea of the interconnectedness because I think people miss that. You know, when I hear people say, I hate snakes, somebody will say, and I'll say, well, you know, I love snakes. How can you like snakes? They're nasty. And I'm like, first of all, they're not nasty. I'm going to not get into the creepiness factor right? because I mean, everybody's afraid of something. I'm afraid of heights. I mean, heights, not even a a thing it's just it's <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a sensory you know thing that, right yeah. yeah yeah but it's like you know they, they kill rodents and they you know do all kinds of other things and they even manage each other's populations snake snake on snake you know oh, violent, yeah. violence is some of the greatest you know violence that there is there but they are so important just like any other animal but they're but they are important and it's and i just don't like the creepiness thing like and, spiders are another one like i love spiders and you nailed it with the interconnectedness because that's that's really my big push
1: as an environmental educator is I like to tie the interconnectedness of everything back to us. Sadly, people's number one concern, well, themselves, people, yeah, you know. Right, right. So uh, so your snakes. Uh, had there been a robust snake population, the bubonic plague may not have happened. Because that mm-hmm. came from rodents, Right, exactly. and actually the fleas that fed on the rodents, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the population exploded. There was no checks and balance for that population, and people Had hated it. snakes, and they killed the
0: snakes. Yeah, so yeah. therefore, right. rodents yep, yep. population right. took off, flea population yep. took off. So uh, the human population grew, killed all the snakes because they didn't like them. Yep. The rodents came on board at higher rates. Fleas on the rodents, fleas carried the plague. Black fleas death. bit the people. Everybody died. Half yep. people, literally half of Europe died. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah and because so, of
0: because of people not liking snakes that's also awesome. so so the book of genesis <laughs> so the christian church is single-handedly responsible for half of europe dying
1: oh yeah right Bruce can, can, head can, head can i whatever. get there can i can i draw that connection
0: <laughs> please let me connect those dots that yeah, would be that would be awesome <laughs> yeah no doubt but uh or it's all useful, fault i mean it depends which you know side of the <laughs> side of the argument you want to take right, right. <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know. Well, I mean, I I knew about the the rat flea thing, but I never made the connection
1: yeah, to yeah, snakes. Yeah, with
0: the, with, the, with the snakes. But it makes sense with human population growth. I mean, just even around here. I mean, the more people that move into these new subdivisions that used to be out in the country, right. the snake population is going to drop because, quote unquote, I hate snakes. Right. My, mindset that most people have.
1: And they are... Uh, I used to be... I used to do nuisance wildlife control work. I had a license. People would call me. I would get rid of... Uh, you know, problem animals. Mm-hmm. And anytime mm-hmm. it was a snake, I would always try to educate the people about the snake. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not hanging out to wait to attack you. It's right,
0: uh, right. It's actually it's doing you a favor. Shy.
1: you know, I'd poke around and find rodent and drop mm-hmm. it and say, there's there's your problem, you know, you got a mouse mm-hmm. turd right there. So right. you obviously have mice, this guy's here to eat your mice. Mm-hmm. And once he's done with that, you know, he's gonna roll on out of here. He's gonna be gone. Right, right. And, uh, you know, it's a tough sell, but sometimes people get it. And sometimes, you know, there's no chance. There's just no
0: chance. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. But
1: education's key. That was, I was afraid of snakes. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until after studying them that I realized what I know now. And, you know, they're not a threat. They're not out to get me. Mm -hmm. And that is something else that I really try and uh, push at work. I work at a uh, public garden and I do a lot of uh, school tours. And one of the greatest tours I ever led. I had this group and I'm talking to them and it's pretty neat where I'm at. It's, it's flat, you know, with the PD flat as a pancake, mm-hmm. but there's this 60 foot bluff mm-hmm. and that makes this place really, really unique. And there's stairs that go down this bluff and black creeks down mm-hmm. there. It's a wonderful floodplain habitat. So I'm telling the kids about it and we're about to descend the stairs. And this one little girl, is flipping out man she loses it she's tears shaking she is literally scared Mm -hmm, to death mm -hmm. and i'm like you know what's wrong and she said her parents said bad things are in the woods and Mm. i just wow what damage you know that's horrible how how are these people gonna respect little red riding hood but respect it when it's their turn to take care of it if they have this fear so you know i told her i'm like look do you think i will let anything bad happen to you and she's like no Stick with me. We'll go on the walk, mm-hmm. and I will I will do everything I can to protect you. And she literally stuck to me like glue, velcro, just <laughs> right on me. And we're walking, and I'm explaining everything, and I'm doing my bit, and you know, making jokes, having you know, having fun. And before I know it, the little kid's way ahead of me, grabbing plants, mm. asking questions. What's oh, this? What does this do? What does this do? What is that? And I'm like, Yeah, I have done my job.
0: Absolutely. I, Absolutely.
1: I succeeded in my mission
0: curiosity is clearly my favorite aspect there's a lot of things about humans i i despise right right but, but, so. but curiosity is is the one thing that that i appreciate and enjoy and try to encourage my kids and grandkids uh, friends whatever maybe even part of why i do this um podcast with it's you know whopping 90 listeners but uh um, after this though, you're doing an awesome job, by the way. I just want to, you know, I'd like to give people positive feedback to try to encourage them, but you don't really need it because you're doing a fucking great job. No, I appreciate but, it, man. Uh, Thank you're you. You're a great conversationalist and you're on topic as I stray off topic. Yeah. Curiosity. All it needs is that little spark. It just needs that little spark. And I think people are naturally curious.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. And, and Back to the space program. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know why else go out there it's just curiosity yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's we've got to know
0: thing. you know we've got to know and it's like you know i used to take shit apart and as i when i was a kid and oh, which yeah. is a very common yeah, yeah. things for kids and um not just engineer people that grew up to be engineers but it seems like a very common theme for absolutely my ilk and um my parents were always like what stop taking stuff apart and i'm like but yeah, I have to know how it works, right? You know, I mean, right. and I didn't. They wouldn't buy me an X ray machine, so I, yeah, <laughs> taking it apart was the <laughs> other option. You know, it's like, come on, guys. Uh, anyway, we're you able to get uh, it back together about twenty five percent of the time. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah, but excellent. that was learning. Yeah, you know, but there's some learning involved. There. I mean, it's funny nowadays. I mean, if if I was, I, I would not want to live in the internet age as a child. But <laughs> yeah, oh God, no. I would not want oh, to. Oh man, but <laughs> now you can go on YouTube. And get a vi- and you can literally find a video for anything. Right. You can just type in and you can do by name, brand, whatever, you know, how does this thing work? And it's like, well, just watch this 45 second video. And it's like, oh, shit, that's really easy. <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy, that guy in his boxer shorts on YouTube, he's a genius. You know, <laughs> <Yeah. right? laughs> oh, man. Yeah. The internet, the two-inch. So, here, so here's something I, the, the, every time I have a guest, I try to learn a little bit about you. And there are two questions I want to ask you based on the little bit I know about you. Other than that, you're a cool guy, and we have some cool friends in common. Indeed, we've got some great friends. The first one is you. You're self described secular humanist. So, without giving us a dissertation on that, you can always come I'll invite you back if you if you once you listen to the edited podcast, if you <laughs> like it, and if your your wife likes it, then, you're, <laughs> yeah, then right. you're more than welcome to come back. So we don't have to explore every aspect of your life. Dig it. But you're a self described uh, secular humanist, and I know what those words mean. Right. But kind of, if you could encapsulate. You know fairly briefly what does that mean to you personally and how, what was the kind of the path from you know the first time you realized you were right. alive to to get to secular humanism
1: the uh yeah so secular humanism uh basically for me is good without god you know i don't have to live a good life to appease and no offense to anyone to appease some sky daddy or you know whatever it is out mm-hmm. there you know it just it's I like to think that humans know how to live. We know how to be good, and we should be driven to be good. So and then how I got there, I think that the uh and I'll come back to the uh to the driven to be good, but how I got there was <laughs> I think the uh the Southern Baptists do a great job of turning people into humanists or atheists yes yes my
0: parents well they weren't southern baptists but they were american Baptists, quote-unquote uh, but yeah same thing my parents are Baptists too if, if a you've lot, a lot got of, yeah.
1: the question why in yeah. your head as a youth mm-hmm, i used to get in mm-hmm. so much trouble yes. for asking why yes that was uh that was one of the biggest points of contention with my parents is just why
0: mm-hmm, why and then right. you know
1: not some bullshit answer i why you yeah the yeah, real right, reason right. and so, then they go
0: into faith and faith is a is not a is not a part of the scientific uh, method. I mean, it doesn't mean it's I, I don't disrespect faith. Right. in fact, sometimes That's i'm true. I'm jealous of people that have faith because it kind of makes in my mind, and I, it sounds condescending maybe, but it makes things a little bit easier. Oh, for sure. I mean, if yeah, I had yeah, yeah. if I had this like overwhelming, convincing faith in something or someone or whatever, it would definitely make my life easier because it'd be like, Oh, I can kind of like, let like go in a way. You know I mean? Right. I don't have to pursue this why question, but, um,
1: and it, you know, it's, I get
0: where it's comforting and mm-hmm. I, I
1: completely understand that. So I'm not knocking anyone and, yeah. uh, and want to be respectful. But yeah, for me, I just, I think every day I can do better that I can be better mm-hmm. every evening. Most every evening I lie there and I rewind what happened. I do day. the
0: same exact thing. Have you listened to many of my, you haven't listened to very many of my I've podcasts.
1: listened to a couple actually okay. recently
0: because, because I talk about in a couple of different cases, I talk about that specific habit. It's a habit I have yeah. of yeah. Re, replaying the day every, and, and looking for, um, continuous improvement opportunities Absolutely. as we would say in the world of manufacturing. <laughs> um, that sounds so, you know, pedantic and businesslike, I, you know, but, but it's what we do. That's what I get paid to do really. Right. Um, but I try to turn that tool in on, uh, in on uh, myself and, um, and also the, the why question, I mean, I talk about in my atheist uh, podcast about, you know, g- getting more or less, I call it kicked out of kin- of, of Sunday school when I was a kid. Yeah, and I, I heard really, that I one. I wasn't really kicked out, but I kind of was. It was, it was. I was maybe more shunned if to use an Amish <laughs> term, even though we weren't <laughs> Amish. Um, it was kind of like, it, this. no, this kid's not right. Yeah, you know, nine-year-olds aren't supposed to be asking questions. You're supposed to just Jesus loves you. That's all you need to know. <laughs> you know? It's like that's not good. Okay, fine. Jesus loves me. That's great. And so don't but, really that, look at the right, Old Testament right, 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 either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't look at it, but we're still going to preach it in, in, the, in the main section at the, at the big, you know, the big house when you get to go from. He was on to a bender that crack, day. Right? He had yeah, a yeah. bad day, so we'll, yeah. we'll ignore that. Part. Evil God, you know, the <laughs> pissed-off God versus the. I always call him the smoting God, the smoting God versus the the hippie God. Right. You know, it's right. Like, right. That was a hell of a transition. You know, it's like, he did acid once was like, oh man, I get it now. Yeah, the universe the makes, sense. makes sense to me now. <laughs> just takes a little uh, dose. Uh,
1: that's <laughs> hilarious. But no, just, just being good. Life's too short to be an asshole. You there you know? go. Yeah. So just, just try and be good. Try and be respectful. Look out for others. And if you can, uh, you know, if you can make somebody smile, that's mm-hmm. such a, a, positive thing you know we all have crappy days and when i have a crappy day i go out of my way just to try and make someone smile because that really helps break up my own personal mental fog
0: and it makes uh you know turns on a light makes things shine you're such a fucking nice guy jeez man you're killing (laughs) me over here i'm like ah he's so nice he's smart he's nice he's funny you know, you're uh, wow, one man, of, no wonder people like you so much. One you're, of my you're, buddies, you're, man, we were down at uh, you're, you're
1: cool as chill, man. Wani it's Music crazy. Festival. We do a lot of uh, music festivals, and uh, you yeah, had the same opinion of me. And there was this chick, I forget what she did, man, it's been years and years ago, but she did something. And we had the sweet prime camping spot, and she was about to get us all kicked out of there. And she was, uh, oh, you know, I didn't do it, it wasn't my fault. and. I broke. Mm-hmm. I went off on her. Oh I in no mean, way! In no way! Multiple f bombs. The evil, the evil <laughs> daddy came out. Yeah, yeah, the, evil yeah daddy. the head spun around, man. And my friends are all just standing there. Their mouths are open. They're like, "What just
0: happened?" Holy there? moly! I didn't know
1: you could be mean. <laughs> Damn, that was that was pretty scary. Uh, that's fine. So uh, fine. yeah, yeah. I went and had a beer, mellowed out, apologized uh, to her. We
0: didn't get kicked out of our spot, so, so, uh, uh, so that it was all good. worked out. All's well that ends well. Oh yeah, yeah. Right so, on. so the second question, I spent some time thinking about, uh, and this is a little bit more um, open ended, maybe. So you're a biologist, and you're into ecology and ecosystems and, and evolution and all that stuff. You've talked about all those things in, in uh, you know very brief snippets, but you've talked about them. So right. here's the dilemma I have. It's kind of a a dichotomy or a a, um, paradox of humanity. So I believe we've out evolved, our technology has out evolved our emotional um, maturity. Mm. So that, this is my theory. So just bear with me and right I'll on. let you please refute my theory. I'm not <laughs> asking for buy-in. I'm just asking for, so, and, and you're the first real scientist in this area. I have a, I have a, a niece who's a, who's a anthropologist. I want to have her on this podcast oh, cool. one time because I, th- I want to ask her the similar question. So the question really is, you know, whether my the- thesis is correct or not. I think a lot of our narcissism and phobias, anxieties, depression come from the fact that our technology is way past our emotional maturity. Because evolution is a very slow and, and, and deliberate and laborious process. And when we got to, I, my, my view is we got to a point 5,000 years ago, plus or minus, whatever, civilization technology took off through the roof. All right. Reading, writing, arithmetic, science, engineering, whatever, all of it, art even, you know. I mean, because we even get stressed out about our own art. You know, it's like too erotic. It's not erotic enough. It's like, come on. I mean, come on, man. Meanwhile, the dogs are just fucking in the backyard. They don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> it's like they just like, yeah. Hey, you want some erotic art? Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're good. You know. So and, and dogs co-evolved with us, and they don't stress out. They're you know, they're not nearly as narcissistic and, and stressed out as we are all the time. So so I think that there's a component there. But but is that part of though, as a naturalist or or you know person that loves ecology and interconnectedness as, because we're animals is that just kind of like our destiny are we meant i, I almost hate to say are we meant to fuck the earth up <laughs> but are we meant to fuck the earth up <laughs> <laughs> i mean is that who is that is that who we are i mean is that and it's so so is it like when i hear the word humanist is you know one of the things uh, you know when i hear humanist i think of people who who just kind of say well human beings are what they are man and you just didn't have to embrace it
1: Yeah, we definitely are what we are. That's, that's, uh, I like where you're going with that. And I agree. There's some really neat, um, God, what a freaking geek. I just thought about the sentence I was about to say. There's some really neat graphs. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'm cool. I'm I'm a geek too. so, uh, so, So we're good, man. So there's a wonderful graph that shows, uh, exactly what you just said about the, the rise of technology and how it skyrocketed. And, and with that, you get this whole disconnection from nature. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's another one of my big fears as an environmental educator is just screen time. You know, so mm-hmm. like you said earlier, we didn't grow up in the age of the Internet. And, uh, you know, when you
0: weren't taking stuff apart as a kid, I'm sure you spent a good bit of time outside. Oh, absolutely. Right Almost all body. of my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Me From sunup to sundown. It's like when the streetlights came on, we had to go home. That right. was it. That was like the only rule. Capital punishment was uh taking away the outdoors for mm-hmm. me. That was because oh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah.
1: you get old enough and you know a beating doesn't work anymore, mm-hmm. you know, you get used to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, taking away the outdoors, that one that one hurt. That mm-hmm. one stuck. So I worry about kids today with screen time. I'm I'm not anti-screen time, the way that society and everything's moving. They need to know how to program and they need to know. How to work computers and technology, mm-hmm. but everything there needs to be a balance, mm-hmm. and I think the more that we move forward, we're moving away from the natural world, and we're overlooking it and I think that is where the mistake comes in, and I think that too is a big component of uh of mental health mm-hmm. and uh substance abuse disorders mm-hmm. and all of these other societal problems I think can somewhat be kept in check per se if we uh spend
0: more time outside spend more
1: time outside spend a little more time mm-hmm. in nature and uh like when we walked out back I looked at your uh your skyline which is incredible i uh there's a great author called Richard Louv and he wrote a book uh nature deficit disorder and talking about children being removed from uh nature mm-hmm. and the societal mm-hmm. problems that causes he wrote another one that's basically the same thing but it involves the night sky. Mm. I remember as a kid yeah, being I mean, able to yeah, see right. the Milky Way.
0: Yeah. Light pollution yeah. is, oh, is man. horrendous. Drives me nuts. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and so, you know, when's the last time you've seen the Milky Way? You've, you've oh, got to try. it's been.
0: Oh, yeah. I've, it's when I, I was in Arizona or New Mexico. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, we were a friend of mine and I were out west and uh, we had her kid and we were fixing to head to uh, Petrified National Forest the next day. So we're loading up the car. It's kind of late. And uh, the friends who were staying with living this adobe out in the middle of nowhere, And they had a trampoline, and I looked up, and oh man, yeah. I hadn't seen that sky in a I long know. time, and
0: it's and it's the most amazing thing. I mean, I remember um, I I want to say I, I was with my ex wife, so it would have been in the in the mid to late eighties. I want to say the Hale Bob comet, maybe oh yeah yeah it was yeah, a right. pretty pretty good sized comet. Yeah, and so at the time we lived in Toledo, Ohio. Nothing against Toledo, beautiful place, and we lived south of Toledo, so we had. What I considered, because um, I've always been an amateur astronomer, so I've always Excellent. had a telescope of some kind. Right on Not, I have a really cool one now, but I used to have a, just a tube with a couple pieces of glass yeah. in it. But at any rate, and I remember the comet, you know, going out on my back porch and looking up at the comet and saying, man, that is just, a, oh, I, I've never seen anything like yeah, it. that was yeah, good it was, one. It was, it was unbelievable, right? So a week or, t- a week or so later, we go out to Arizona, where my sister was living at the time and i say hey let's go take a ride out in the des- into the deep desert yeah yeah let's go way out and i want to be out there and i want to see the comet you know Ooh. the way it was meant to be seen yeah yeah you know? and uh Oh my gosh! It was a completely different experience. I couldn't even go back to Toledo. It was like no, that that washed out glob of shit. You yeah. know, it looked like somebody just you know shit their diaper. You, <laughs> know? you know, it was a smear. But in Arizona, it was looked like a fucking comet. Oh. It looked like a, a Hubble telescope picture. It was yeah. so so distinct, and the tail was so long and multicolored, and you know, you could you could just like, oh man, you know, and and you just st- stand there and look and go, oh, fuck, yeah, you know, we. That, that just it just sucks that we can't just turn all the lights off so yeah, just was turn this, all the goddamn
1: lights off? the same you know? thing so we had uh my friend's kid and we're loading up the car and i'm like oh you guys gotta come out here gotta come out here and she was like why it's dark i'm like yeah exactly look up
0: yeah dark dark yeah, and, yeah. and she
1: was like wow where are they you know back at home i'm like they're there you just, just can't, can't see, see them because right. of the light pollution right. so uh as a citizen, I demand we cut our lights off so we can see, you know, we're I mean, That's we're maybe short. the
0: one thing North Korea's got right. Is yeah, they right. Turn, they turn the, the fucking power off at <laughs> night, right? I mean, so... Uh, uh, it'll do know. the
1: body good. I love that feeling of feeling small mm-hmm. when you look at the universe mm-hmm. and how expansive it is and just how right. vast and how teeny, tiny, small, insignificant we are. And I think that's a great feeling I think that feeds back into my secular humanism and mm-hmm. I think if everybody would get a little taste of that every now and then a lot of your problems you would realize mm-hmm. are just bullshit
0: right just noise yeah they just yeah yeah just noise indeed I mean, because at the end of the day, you know, and, and it's easy for me to say because I, I do, I suffer from depression and anxiety, and and I'm sometimes a giant pain in the moody ass to even deal with, you know. Ah, sorry and, to hear that. Um, it's mean, a tough one. And so I do, you know, sometimes, you know, when I get that feeling of being small, it, 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 it if if not focused correctly, it could amplify some of those feelings. Mm, it's right. like I, I am so insignificant that you know nothing matters. Right. You know? But when you get the right vibe from that, the kind of vibe you're talking about, the one where you're saying, hey, wait, I'm 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 insignificant in a way, but I'm also part of this grand, this this, this grand, this grand, unbelievable thing, because the the way I believe the universe works is the universe is is I do believe in an ever expanding universe because there's a lot of science to support it. That's one reason I believe in it. And the other thing is I like to me, it's a beautiful story. It's like a symphony. It, It makes all of us part of something. Right. Because all the events that are occurring have to occur so, so, it's weird to be not religious, but to believe in in uh, predestiny, because it's like this was all not planned by some God, right. but it was it's it's the result of the universe. I call it unfolding itself or revealing itself right so this conversation we're having now is it has to happen, and it can't not happen because we're on this timeline that requires it to happen so even though there's billions of stars out there and they're trillions of miles away. And they're beautiful to see out in the desert. Right. And unfortunately, we can't see them in Darlington. <laughs> Even though we do have an awesome skyline. We do have an almost horizon to horizon skyline. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. It's it's it, it does make you feel sometimes... It makes me feel happy sometimes. It's like, you know, the universe isn't the same without me.
1: Yeah. And you're part of the universe. Yeah, I mean, I, I we mean, all yeah. are startups. So so, so
0: somewhere out there, wherever, some other galaxy, none of that, none of this exists if we're not all part of it. Right. right. So it's kind of is a good... it's but I have to be in the right vibe. I mean, there's other times it's just like yeah, I'm yeah, insignificant, and if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, I'll nobody give a fuck, you know. But if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, it was meant to be because that's the universe unfolding its plan. <laughs> so you know, it's like, well, I don't, you know, it's it's kind of weird. But no, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Totally. Get yeah. It. But I like to I, I like to think about a lot about this dichotomy or this paradox of humanity. It's like, or, or, like I said, are, are we you know, if that's what we really, if if that's who we are, then I guess that's who we are. I mean, you know, a lot of times too, you and, don't and, really and that's not an evil way. I don't see people are evil. Right. Because I agree with you. I think that one-on-one mostly and in small groups, people are wonderful. And I've seen people do amazing acts of kindness and generosity sure. and, 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 and beauty to each other and with each other. But then you see as collectives, humans do absolutely horrific things oh. that no other species on the planet would ever the mob Dude, mentality you know, and just, you know yeah and and it just i don't know i just don't know but education that's what's going to save the world so keep doing what you're doing man
1: education indeed yeah fear breeds uh ignorance
0: yes and hatred yeah i agree fear is fear is not good and education is in curiosity um um i think it can can overcome fear but it's it's a it feels like a very steep road right now. Man.
1: <laughs> it's definitely an uphill so battle like right now, right? Again.
0: Anything else you want to add for the 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 good of my commut my small community that's going to listen to this?
1: No, thanks for having me on, man. It's been a uh, been a pleasure. We need to hang out and drink a beer and. Chat yeah. a little more
0: and uh, we'll do this again. Do it Promise again we'll Come sure. back. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll man. do it. And I'll come to your um, unnamed place of business and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a walk. We'll take a walk. We'll take indeed. A walk. I'll share lots of stories great. with you. All right. That's awesome, man. Thanks. I appreciate it, Danny. All right. Be All good, right. brother. You too. Peace. All right. Peace, man. Thank you for listening to Talk in Turns. Music's been provided by Mr. Scruffy, some photography's been provided by photographs by Andrea. Please visit our website at www.talkinterns.com. That's www.t-l-a-k-n-t-o-r-n-s.com. Talking Turns is copyrighted. Any use of this material requires the expressed written consent of George Knapp. Opinions expressed on Talking Turns are solely those of the speaking participants. These opinions do not in any way reflect the beliefs or opinions of our sponsors, associates, employers, or other individuals associated with this broadcast. Again, thanks for listening and be kind to yourself.